0: Fall so much for listening to another episode of History Philosophy Metaphor. This episode is with Michelle Ciada, who, aside from being a lovely, very talented person, is, like, so incredibly knowledgeable about social media. It's amazing. It's kind of as if the internet was created with her in mind so that she could own it. Uh, so this is really, really educational about that. She taught me so much about just being on social media, which is great. So thank you for that, Michelle. Um... You can find Michelle on Twitter, speaking of social media, um, it's at Michelle in space and you can see her UCB sketch video team, Pocket Watch, uh, through the UCB Comedy YouTube page, so definitely be sure to check those out. Um, Other than that, the sound quality of this is a little echoey, I'm gonna say. I would recommend pretending that we are in a space time void, uh, and that'll help contextualize the crazy echoing. I think it still is worth a listen, and you know, just imagine us floating in space, and that'll really be helpful. Um, thank you so much again, and that is it. Okay,
1: bye!
0: Tights that don't like
1: make just a line, you know what I mean? No, no, they always do that. It's so fucking annoying. And like these, I literally actually just bought these today because I was wearing other ones mm-hmm. and like they had a hole in them and they were feeling kind of like saggy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's <laughs> so, like, on my lunch break, I went and just bought these. And it yeah. was like, I'm in between the two sizes, I'm yeah. in between a small, medium, and a medium, large. Of course, I'm like, why don't they have a small, medium, and a large? Instead of a small, medium, and a medium, large. Because, right. like, I feel like I would have probably been a medium. Sure. And I like <laughs> that they t- take the chance to differentiate.
0: They say small, medium instead of just, like, small and large or something like that. Yeah. Like,
1: we're like, we know
0: that there should be a medium.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're not going to
0: do anything about it.
1: Yeah, so I actually, I ended up having to, like, talk to a sales clerk, which is my least favorite thing to do. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I recommend the small, and medium. And I was like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> what store was that in? Express. Oh. it was a deal where you get one and the second one was like 30% off or uh-huh. something or I'm very lured in by sales
0: <laughs> I understand yeah I've had to unsubscribe to a lot of mailing lists just because they're like 50% off tonight only and I'm like well I should probably get something I mean, yeah
1: <laughs> oh. and then I was like if you spend 75 dollars you're like oh, i wasn't planning on it but i might as well <laughs> right
0: have you ever been to those um sushi places in the east village that are like
1: no 50? i'm not i'm not really a partaker of sushi ah okay that's probably
0: for the best especially this sushi because it's pretty sketchy mm-hmm. but it's all like 50 percent off but it's oh. all 50 percent off all the time so so then it's,
1: it's not really a deal yeah it's, <laughs> it's just half think the price
0: is. they put down <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Um anyway, well,
1: where Is, is this too echoey, echoey or am I just hearing? No, it's really echoey. Oh, okay.
0: Uh I there's not really much Okay. Th- cool. I can do about it. I'm sorry. That, I didn't sure. mean to No, 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 no. It's I would definitely acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's echoey, sorry. Oh, okay. We're in a breather. Um yeah. for so, any
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you can like hear things breathing
0: around. <laughs> <laughs> All these books that are hanging there are just
1: I like that one of them is a cocktail book, as if we were gonna like rent this office space to make cocktails. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know. Maybe there's a bar hidden somewhere. We just have to pull the right lever. Oh my god. I they would don't love
1: tell you that. that. That'd be amazing.
0: Yeah. This is
1: pretty cool. I don't know if I could take a nap in here though. It's I, empty. Yeah, I I don't trust it. I don't, I don't for napping. I trust it for yeah. everything else. <laughs>
0: everything. Cocktails yeah. everything included. Um, I especially yeah, but I don't know if I would want to put my head on
1: Ah, uh, Yes,
0: this, I think is the You could problem.
1: bring a sleeping bag.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're, it's the least efficient breather ever. I'll just do out in the
1: park. <laughs> um, where are you from? I'm from Long Island.
0: Oh, okay. So did you used to come to the city a lot when you were young?
1: It's funny, I didn't come too frequently. I'm like, where I grew up was like an hour and 15 minutes away, an hour and a half away. So it's still like a bit of a trek. Mm -hmm. But my aunt would take me out every now and then for different events, and, like, school trips were usually in the city. Oh, cool. So, like, particularly, I took an Italian class. You would take a language in, um, I guess, late middle school, high school, and I took Italian. And we would always come to the city to see things. Like, Mm -hmm. what do we see? Um, I want to say... Aida. That's what we saw. We saw Aida on Broadway. Nice. And then we went to Carmine's. And it was like, we would always go to Carmine's. Whatever we did, always go to Carmine's. And it was delicious. Have you been to Carmine's? I haven't, but I know of it. It's family-style Italian food, and it's delicious. It's just, like, so good. And, I don't know, you're just, like, high school kids out here in the city versus, like, suburbs of Long Island, Mm -hmm. which is awesome to begin with, and then you're usually eating this delicious Italian food. Was, is Aida Italian? I'm gonna be very dumb right now. It's so funny, uh, it's, yeah, it's like an opera. So, I think that's more like we're like culture and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because the car so was so funny. Like I it. forgot. I, for, I, I don't remember much about it <laughs> I just remember it was a great trip. Okay. <laughs> Did Elton John have something to do with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was strange because normally we go to like the opera center to see it, but this was on Broadway. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought, if I remember correctly, when you go see an opera, they have, like, the words, like, in front of you. Yeah. And it, since this was on Broadway, they had this, like, scrolling marquee above the stage. It was very funny. It was very funny. Because we had also seen an actual opera called Lucia Lammermoor, which I also do not remember what it was about. But, you know, this is all sung in Italian. Right. But it was cool. Yeah. It was, like, a cool experience. That's awesome, um, yeah. But, yeah, I will. I didn't come to the city too much. It was always, like... An event. There was, like, a reason I was going. Right. It usually wasn't to hang out.
0: Okay, interesting. So yeah. when you were doing, like, I don't know, because I grew up in Boston, and so whenever yeah. I did trips into the city, it was exactly the same, like, school events. But um, I would always, I would imagine if you were growing up, kind of close to New York, that it would be like, for the entertainment industry and like, all that stuff, which I guess is kind of Yeah, possible. yeah,
1: I mean, like, I interned in the city, oh. like, in college, I went to, actually, college in Boston. Oh, where'd you go? I went to Boston University. Oh! I think maybe, we may have talked about it. we that. may Sorry, have talked about it, it. briefly. No, yeah, it's yeah. okay. Um, but I don't know, it's so funny, like, whenever I meet people, they're like, oh my god, New York! Like, you're from, like, New York! And I'm like, yeah! like." I don't know. It almost feels like, I mean, New York is obviously awesome and wonderful and full of opportunity. But <laughs> to me, too, like, oh yeah, it's like just like the city. Like, it's right. like a place that I'm familiar with from my childhood that I would go to sometimes. Like I'm, was, I'm friends with someone who lives in like the Gibraltar, like Spain area. Ooh. And for someone, or even some folks in like Ireland and England, anywhere that's not New York, I feel like it's like, oh my God, New York. Yeah. This is the place where dreams come true. This is where, I don't know, the streets are paved with gold type stuff. And like I said, I still obviously love being in New York, but I just feel like growing up, it's it's lost a little bit of it for me. This sounds so depressing. (laughs) Everyone's like tuning out. (laughs) But yeah, it's like being so close to it, it's not like... I don't know. Yeah. It's like my home base city mm-hmm. in a way.
0: Yeah, I completely get that. Cause I i mean, like I said, I, I'm from Boston, but I went to school, I went to NYU. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go, I went for music, but I didn't really go with the intention of being a performing part of the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So I kind of slid my way into that without having those like New York Broadway dreams and then the yeah. lights. And then I started meeting people who were moving here to do that. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize there's something else that I think a lot of people see that is I I don't see it also.
1: Yeah, which makes me feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I kind of wish I grew up outside of New York so and I could come and like experience that. Yeah. I'm sure when I was younger, I experienced that. Maybe. Because, like, maybe I'm now just, like, old and jaded. <laughs> Very old, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, do you ever
0: have, like, people come visit? Because that's usually how it happens for me, It's like, I'll see it through a visitor's eyes, and I'm like, oh, right.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely. Magical. Yeah, like, I had, like, I had a cousin, some cousins visit from England, and they, it was just, like, the most incredible thing. And this was many years ago, and at the time, um... Limp Biscuit was very popular, <laughs> sure. and Fred, Fred, right? Fred, Fred Durst. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah. I panicked for a moment because I thought that was the wrong name, and everyone was like up in arms. <laughs> that and been I didn't so know embarrassing. Say, yeah, Limp <laughs> Biscuit. But my cousin, who's a few years younger than I was, like loved Limp Biscuit. <laughs> And I remember we went on this, like, incredible search for a red New York Yankees hat. Oh, yeah. Because he wore that, I guess, in one of the videos. I Snooki, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, probably. <laughs> and so I remember it was an elaborate search. Like, oh, my God, we're in New York. Like, we gotta, we got to find this hat. Like, but it was also funny because I remember talking to them, like, oh, like, can, we would do our, like, English accents. Like, okay, do an English accent. So yeah. we would, like, do it. And they're like, oh, can you do an American accent? And they would do these like Southern, like, like, oh yeah, we're American. I'm like, that's not what I sound like. Do I sound like that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, having relatives visit is always very exciting. Yeah. Like, wow, it's like a whole new world for them. Or like, I remember, I think it was these same cousins. They were like obsessed with Oshkosh Bagosh. Hmm. These were, like, the old, like, the parents. They so had fun interests. Yeah. I like these people. Yeah, <laughs> it explains a lot. <laughs> so we, I remember we went to, like, the outlet center on Long Island. This is not the city, but, like, on Long Island. They're just yeah. like, wow, we can't get this brand anywhere else. It was thrilling. Yeah, yeah, that old Oshkosh bagage, yeah. you know? Hard
0: to get. That's so funny about you said that about the hat. I was on a, um, a boat once in Nova Scotia, and that sounded really pretentious, but it wasn't. That sounds great. <laughs> it was lovely. It was a ferry, so it wasn't like a sailboat or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was this family next to me that was Canadian, and the kid lost his hat and he was wearing a New York hat and it like flew off in the wind and mm-hmm. he he was very like composed about it but you could tell he was upset he was probably like eight or nine oh wow and his mom was like you know it's okay like it was just a hat and he was like I know and I was like I need to do something <laughs> so I just turned them I was like do you want me to get you a hat
1: wait what <laughs> like I'll live
0: I, I live there like do you want me to send you a hat and they were like really and I was like yeah it's not and it was just another moment of I was like this this kid, like, had this hat that meant so much to him and oh was just gosh. a vestige of this. And I was like, I walked past these vendors. It was, like, from a street vendor, you know? I right. was like, I can do this. And they were so happy, which was really, really cute Oh, my gosh, see. these were
1: strangers that you interacted with and you're like, let me help you out and get you this hat.
0: Yeah, because just, you saw, I saw the, like, extreme, you know, I saw how much of a dream it was. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. just a, a New York hat and it made me be like, I need to, oftentimes I feel like I should use my, the fact that I live here to help people who, like, so badly want to be here. That's awesome.
1: You should start, like, a service where it's like, what's that one item in New York that you want? I'll find it for you. That's a good idea. And then make a ton of money off of it. Oh, well, not
0: necessarily. (laughs) Um, So, okay, so you grew up in Long Island. Uh Did you go to just, like, a regular high school or did you go to performing arts high school? No, I went to
1: public school on Long Island. Yeah, public school. Yeah. I love looking back at my yearbook sometimes. It's really incredible. (laughs) In what way? It's very Long Island. I will say, though, I'm from Suffolk County, which is more like the middle to the east part of the island. Mm -hmm. Nassau County is closer to the city, so you get more of the, like, Brooklynite folk in Nassau County. Yeah. But Long Island, um, Suffolk Suffolk County is, like, far east of, like, the Hamptons, which is, like, beautiful, but, like, I was, like, right in the middle. And so, like... You had some, like, very, almost, like, Jersey Shore-esque people in my high school. Cool. Fun. Yeah, I remember one girl had a full-page spread in the yearbook, and it was like, XO, baby girl, Christy, like, whatever. I was like, oh my god. Like, I look back every now and then, I just, like, weep openly. It's outrageous.
0: <laughs> How do you even get a, a thing? Like, do have to pay
1: for that? You can't just... Yeah, buy- she was also, I think, part of yearbook. Oh, but, but I'm jerk. sure her parents also probably paid. It. Yeah, it's, it's unclear, yeah. but yeah. Okay. Actually, Liz, do you want a pillow? Would that be? Helpful? Oh, cool. I, just, I had my sweater back. No, so
0: you were leaning forward. Like, well, no, we okay.
1: do. I also it. prefer to be hunched over.
0: <laughs> yeah, nice and slouched. I'm going to this chiropractor for back pain, and he every time I go, he's like, "So, have you been working on your posture?" And I'm mm. like, "No, not at all." Yeah,
1: that's like. I go to a doctor and i like, so have you been, like, working out? Have you been exercising? I'm like, yeah, like, I I live in the city, so, like, I walk a lot. Yeah. And he actually, like, kind of called me on it and was like, okay, great. So if you go to, like, Sports Authority or something, they sell, like, ankle weights. So when you're walking, you can just, like, have these ankle weights. I was like, yeah, great idea. And it's like I actually went I just out of curiosity to, like, see what this weight situation was. Yeah. But they're quite noticeable mm. and, like... I mean, not that I'm the most fashionable person, but, like, definitely noticeable, like, not very fashion-forward. I don't know. I don't want to be, like, that person on the subway that has ankle weights on, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I definitely get that.
0: I actually looked into that because I do a shit ton of walking because I'm a nanny, and so I'm constantly Mm. walking, sleeping babies. Um, And I was like, "I I should maximize this workout. And found a lot of articles that were, like ankle weights and wrist weights are actually really bad for you and oh, they'll good. fuck up your like posture and I don't know, all the shit. And stuff. Well, that
1: actually makes me feel better yeah. but I didn't get them. Yeah, so good <laughs> job. Yeah.
0: Uh, although something I've learned recently is you can find an article on the internet that will support any opinion you have.
1: i glad I like that about the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean though. It's <laughs> nice, it's nice. Um, and I get frustrated when I can't find the answer to something.
0: I know! I have been looking for this one dress for my sister's wedding
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: can't find it. It just doesn't exist. And I'm like, how... I'm connected to everyone in the world.
1: Yeah. And, I, and you're like, I see what it looks like in my head. Can't I just somehow send this image to the internet and they can pull it up for me? Or even just now, I was in Panera before I came here and there was a song playing. I was like, oh, what, like a cute song. Like, I wrote down some of the lyrics. I should have just, like, what's it called? Shazammed it while I yeah. was in there. But I was not thinking and so God. I'll just like, type in like some of the lyrics and then write the word lyrics that's what I usually do yeah. I'll write and write lyrics and it'll usually pop up but it did not pop up oh. So I don't know what I'm gonna do um, no. <laughs> just I don't suffer. know how I'm gonna go on
0: <laughs> this is the end well we're on the eighth floor in the big window yeah, so. yeah um okay so what was I gonna ask about um, um
1: So, did you do, like, plays and stuff in high school? Did you do performing arts or anything? No, I did not. I was always interested in doing some of the, like, shows Mm -hmm. in high school, but the... Uh, the woman who was in charge of the theater, Mrs. Glynn, was her name. She had a she had pet llamas awesome. on her, her premises on Long Island. I love it. I know this because there were photos of said llamas <laughs> in the classroom. Um, but she had like a set group of people that she liked to cast and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I auditioned one time for something and I didn't get it. But I was like, oh, I got like close. Um, and I ended up being like backstage. I remember like sweeping up props at one point. Aww. I was like, oh, I guess it's just, like, not meant to be. This is just, like, an unattainable for me. So I never really did theater or anything like that. I did do a lot of video projects. Okay. My friends and I, a small group of friends and I, were those, like, annoying people that if we were in the same class together, like, we would probably do a video project. Right. Even if it was not a side, okay, like, for this final project, you have to cover... I don't know, ancient Rome. But cool, let's do a video project. And so, like, in turn, the class would have to sit through our usually, like, 20 to 30-minute video project. Wow, that's (laughs) impressive. Well, actually, I I know some of them were long. I mean, I still have copies of them. Nice. Uh, I'm sure some of them were shorter. But I know one time it was, like, very long. And I I felt bad. I'm like, does the whole class have to watch this? Like, they don't have to. Because it's one of those things where... We definitely found it hilarious. I'm not sure if everyone else found it hilarious. Right. Because we... I mean, I wasn't super popular at all in high school. So, like, my friends and we'd watch, like, Monty Python and, like, do jokes along those lines. Right, right, right. Which was not necessarily the, the popular sense of you necessarily. Right. But, yeah, we always did video projects. And How did you know like, how to do that? Like, yeah. Well, I, I know my dad always had a video camera and was always, like, doing goofs with them, like, he was really interested in, like, at family events, being like, oh, oh, like, get in front of the camera and then, like, say something, and then, okay, cool, so now I'm going to cut, and then you're going to leave, and then we're still going to, we're going to start rolling again, it's like you disappeared, like, like, like my dad was doing stuff like that, and, like, goofy camera tricks, like, he was always had a camera. But for these particular video projects, my one, this is going to sound strange, (laughs) my one friend, her uncle was also like into video projects and he would just like film these things for us. That did sound strange. Yeah, yeah. You know, but and we're, I, but and we're I get like, it. Yeah, absolutely. You're not doing anything else. Help film more projects for it. Yeah. It was never strange. No, no, yeah. But I, I know how it sounds strange. <laughs> yeah, it was my friend's Uncle Arthur. <laughs> he would always help us out. Old Uncle Arthur. Yeah, but we would, like, come up with these, like, jokes and we'd of course, like, act in them as well. Yeah. they always very silly. And I remember at the end of my senior year of high school, it, it was, like I said, it was a small group of us where maybe, like, five or six, and we kind of like, we're like, oh, we're going to be a production company, and we call ourselves the, the Barefoot Peaches. Sure. Okay. Because we would always drink uh, peach and apple. Okay. I don't know where the Barefoot came in. I wouldn't say that we were Barefoot. I don't think we actually were, but I think maybe it just like had a cool ring to it. It does. It has a great ring yeah. to it. So. so at the end, we... Each of us received like a compilation DVD of all of our projects. So, From like Uncle I said, Yeah, so like I said, like I still have all of them. That's awesome. I, although I misplaced my DVD, but I, I contacted my friend and she like still had hers, so I now have them in like a digital version, nice. which is most important. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Because I, I used to want to do video projects. I was like really into the idea of doing it. Yeah. But my parents had like an old timey camcorder mm-hmm. and. They were. They didn't edit. They were always the ones that were like, is the red light on? Is the red oh, light yeah. on? It's on. What does that mean? No.
1: Yeah, like, I think I was referred to my dad being very kind of tech-savvy because yeah. I remember I would make little videos on my own and I would edit in, like, Windows Movie Maker and wow. stuff like that. I... Was always very interested in like technology and like computers. Okay, I spent a lot of time on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, because like I taught myself Photoshop and stuff like like those types of. Like, I used to do a lot of like pixel art when I was younger. What is that? Like in MS Paint, creating oh. art, pixel by pixel, okay. pixel by pixel. I created little like characters,
0: like computer Monet.
1: I mean if you wanna say that I mean yeah, there are mainly just like little like avatar type things that I would make. Cool. That sounds like Yeah. Fun. But yeah, we have so many projects. We did it for I have for like our British literature class. That was later in like senior year. But for our Italian classes, I know we did at least two of them. And they were both in Italian. Nice. And I remember that was always a struggle.
0: <laughs> sure, for sure. Yeah, those final projects for language classes are always I think hit or miss, like, in terms of being really good and in line with what the teacher wants, or just, like, mine were always, like, yes, this is in French, but I did use a translator. Yeah,
1: one of them was very ambitious. We did this, like, entire murder mystery thing (laughs) where I was... Uh, My good friend, her her name is Michelle also. She was the one with the uncle. And so we're we're still very close to this day. And so she tended to be the protagonist in Mm -hmm. all of our videos. And I was either like some goofy person or like a sidekick. And for this detective one, I remember she was the main detective and I was gonna be the like, sidekick to the detective, Mm -hmm. but in our minds, we were like, okay, the sidekick is always shorter, Like, and I'm taller than you, this is not gonna work out. So for the whole thing, I actually walked on my knees, and they stuffed me with a pillow. I don't know, this is terrible. But and it was so fun. So we had this whole like elaborate murder mystery that like happened on a train and we were trying to find clue. It was like a lot of like translate. I was gonna say Google translate, but I don't think that was around then. Right. I think it was more like a free translation thing. Yeah. And I remember the big reveal at the end was that I actually was a traitor. My character was a traitor. So there's a big reveal at the end where I jump up and I speak in Italian and I say, I'm not actually a man. What were to say? I'm like, I jump up I'm like, non sono un I'm not a man, I'm not Italian, I'm French and I did it or something like that. It was like my big reveal and I jump up and like I put a beret on and like run out. <laughs> that was our ambitious one. And then another one was more like the history of Italy. That's oh, yeah. It was it's very silly. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like so much fun though, and very ambitious.
0: I always like to hear that people not only want to do things, but then figure out a way to actually execute it because stuff like with technology stuff, it's so easy. To, I think to be um, to get discouraged because you're like, mm-hmm. I don't have the money to do this, or I don't have the know how, and you just like yeah. figured
1: it out, which is very cool. yeah. We did a video. This is going to be me talking about my. I want to hear all <laughs> of it. <this>. I <laughs> want all of it. What was it? It was a British literature class, and what it, we based it off. Like I said, we were obsessed with like Monty Python and mm-hmm. like flying circuses. So we oh, based it kind of like on that. I remember we had one sketch. I guess it's a sketch where <laughs> I was a puppeteer, and I was doing a Beowulf puppet show. Of course sure, it was. Sure, as you do. And I was doing all the voices for the puppets. And then at the end, there's, like, a dragon that comes in. And so we just had this cam. Looks like a dragon. just goes, like, scorch. And we just have these, like, fake flames. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny. Lisa Mandel has a show at The Pit. Yeah. That called um, The Bitch Scene, mm-hmm. And I actually was on that and showed that clip and it was just like a walk down memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Are you still proud of the projects? Like, do you like watching them? Going back, I'm like, this is pretty impressive. I, I think for the time. Yeah. Uh, like, it's something a little bit long. <laughs> but yeah, it's, a, it's always fun to go back and be like, oh, okay. Like, I see where I was at back then. Right. Interesting. So, yeah. did you
0: go to school for video production?
1: I went to school for film and TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was interesting because, I mean, aside from doing those video projects, you wouldn't have known that I was going to do that. Because mm. I was in all the like advanced math and science classes, Yeah, and I did like extracurricular science projects I'm and things s- like that, and... I remember after my freshman year, or maybe during my freshman year, I came back to my high school and like I said hello to some teachers. Like, oh, you're majoring in like science? I was like, no, film and TV. I'm like, okay, cool. I wasn't expecting that because I did my senior year. I did this big project called it was like the um, Intel Science Project, mm-hmm. and I did this whole study. It was like it was actually a lot of it was like biology, chemistry. I ended up doing psychology, so I'm not oh, I'm not oh. sure if people frowned upon it, like, oh, it's like psychology, it's not like my chemistry project that I right. did, It was psychology, and it <laughs> no was... No equations. It was really quite heavy, the project. It was shortly after... It was like, um... What is the best way for me to describe this? It was the effect of media um, after, like, mass tragedies. So this oh, was wow. not too long after nine eleven and stuff like that. So yeah. I remember I would go into classes and, like, interrupt, like, and, you know, I'd ask the teachers beforehand, I conducted this study based on yeah, um, people's responses to this kind of negative imagery versus regular imagery, and um, if we become, like, desensitized to it and stuff like that. So I was, like, pretty into, like, science and, like, psychology. Like, I worked right. with a psychiatrist on the project. It was, like, a big deal. So for yeah. some folks that knew me were, like, you're not doing science? Like, you're not doing that? Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember I was... um they had electives in my high school. I'm not sure if all schools had different types of electives like this. Yeah. Mine they,
0: have, I mean, I think a lot of schools have varied electives, but I'm yeah, I had
1: an aerospace and flight class. That's nuts. That I took. That's awesome. And it was me and one other girl in the class, <laughs> and I was convinced I was going to be an aerospace engineer and that I was going to like work for NASA or something like that. But I'm working out because I'm not good at physics. <laughs> that, like, And It's kind of important. But I took that. But then, in the same vein, I also took a uh, like an improv class in high school. It was like, what was it called? Improv for. It was basic, basically an acting type class, and I was Mm -hmm. like, whatever. Like, I'm not gonna be cast in these plays, but I'll still take this class. It was a different teacher than the one who was in charge of the drama stuff. Yeah, and it was fun. That was my first kind of introduction to improv, in a way. But still, I was kind of like, oh, this is, like, a scary thing. It's, like, kind of fun. My high school had a, it was, like, an after-school club called Living Theater. Hmm. And I remember, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Like, I went to a few of them. This is so great. But it was more, like, short-form stuff. And I do not like being wrong. And I don't like... Doing things incorrectly, yeah. like I like to do things perfectly, mm-hmm. basically. And so I had a great time these first few ones that I went to, and one of my the one of the teachers was like, Oh wow, this is great! this is your first time. And it's like, yeah, like this is so great, isn't it? And then there was one time I went, and like I messed up, like mm-hmm. I misheard the directions or something, and I never went back. Mm-hmm. So I let fear kind of rule in that scenario. Yeah. And I was kind of like, yeah, I probably should have. Kept going. But yeah, that was like my first introduction to like kind of like improv. But I never did like real theater per se. Okay. In college, I guess I did a little bit, but that was also through this web video. I've always kind of been part of this like web video yeah. thing. Um, I guess not so much when I was doing it in high school because there wasn't really YouTube then. But it was the video. But part yeah, the it. video part yeah. of it. And in college, my freshman year, um, at Boston University, they have the, there's a BU TV. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, it's like a TV channel that's, like, on yeah. campus. And they had a few, like, shows, and so there was, like, a drama called Bay State, because there was uh, a street called Bay State, basically, and it was, like, this whole, Bay, like, Bay State? Bay State. Like, Massachusetts
0: is the Bay State? Is that what no, you're No, I think there
1: was a street called Bay State that there were, like, brownstones on.
0: Oh, that's possible.
1: I'm doubting myself now that I say it, but yeah, I was called Based in, and I just uh, want to make
0: sure I'm hearing you correctly. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, Okay.
1: And it was like a soap opera. Nice. And so there was that show. And then there was a show called Shadows which was like a sci-fi thriller-type yeah. show. I actually was a guest on it one time as mm-hmm. a vampire.
0: Oh, fun. And it was
1: some of my strongest work, I would <laughs> say. Um, but then there was also... Uh, there was one called Beauty Tonight, which was like a late-night thing. And then there was this group called Overexposed, which is a terrible name, but that's what I was part of, mm. which was the sketch comedy cool uh, group, I guess. The video sketch comedy group. Because right. there was also the stage sketch comedy group called Slow Kids at Play. And those kids that were, like, a year above me, my year, actually came to the city and were performing Pangea 3000. Oh, wow. We would wow. perform at UCB and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, man, I should have done that. <laughs> Why didn't I do this? Right. I mean, it was a very aggressive, like, audition process for that. I mean, as of this as well, I guess. But, yeah, I started just kind of, like, hanging out on set and, like, being a production assistant on those shoots. And then I became head writer, which was crazy, how did that happen? Yeah, it was really insane. Um, I remember. I'm trying to. So I basically was like, I will be crew. I will help with anything because mm. I wanted to be involved. Because I had so much fun doing everything in like high school and like I was in the film and TV program. But it's a lot of like theory and also like production. We're using like film cameras and stuff like that. This right. felt more like silly and fun. Yeah. And so I did. Uh, I remember I was like, I want to be part of a crew. I'm going to just help out. I'll hold the boom pole. I will just do whatever. And then I I don't remember if I submitted a ske- I must have written a sketch, I mean, for this to happen. And I remember I did, like, a cold read of something as well. So I was occasionally, like, appearing in sketches as they came up. We didn't have, mm-hmm. like, a set group of actors or anything like that. But one of the guys really liked me on there, and he was the head writer. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to do some other stuff. And I guess he had seen some stuff I wrote. I mean... I hadn't written too much. I don't even think it was that good, but I think he just particularly liked me and my spirit, and that like I was around a lot. So yeah. I ended up being head writer for a little while, and then once again, I actually let fear kind of get in the way because when the executive producer was moving on, they offered it to me. And I was like, you know, I think I'll just be associate producer. Hmm. And so looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? It's like, that's crazy. Right. But
0: Well, were you enjoying being your writer? Because I feel like if you're an executive producer, you lose a lot of time.
1: It's so funny because even though I was like this quote-unquote head writer, I was more of a leading the writer's room type person. Like, gotcha. I wasn't writing a whole lot. Like, yeah. I had written a few sketches. One of them was called Gandhi Gone Wild, which I don't think I ever saw the light of day. Like, I remember we filmed it. I don't know if we. I don't know. I don't think it's in any of the episodes. I think I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah. So I. have written some stuff, but when I was in head writer, it was more kind of like leading the conversations. But this was you know, such a small scale, just like on campus and stuff like that. Right. This
0: still must have been really fun to have that kind of available to you. So you write something, and then you have like a crew available, actors available, equipment. That's. It was really awesome, awesome,
1: and it was really. It's kind of like the same stuff I'm doing now. Like, honestly, it's, like, not too far off. Right. And I've always kind of liked performance, but like I said, I wasn't really pursuing it too much. I just kind of like, just let me be involved. Like, let me be involved. Yeah. And a lot of the people that I knew through Overexposed were also doing the short-form group on campus, short-form mm. improv, called Liquid Fun, also the worst name in That's the world. That's really gross. gross. Yeah. Super gross. <laughs> And I was like, I refuse to do this, and like, they were like, come oh, like, yeah, yeah. I absolutely will not do this. Yeah. Um, probably partially because of my like freak out in living theater in high school, but mm-hmm. also I was like, ah, oh, like, I don't want to be put on the spot like that. Like I said, I kind of like to do things correctly. Yeah. <laughs> I like to like get it right and not let anyone know that I messed it up. Right. That's why sketch, video
0: sketches awesome. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so you
0: edit it until you love it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you can play around with stuff, and if it doesn't work, it's totally fine. Right. Leave it on the cutting room floor. So I never did that, but I, you know, had a lot of friends with that, and a lot of those people were also part of one of the theater groups mm-hmm. on campus. So my first foray into theater <laughs> there was a radio production. Oh, cool. Uh, well, yeah, a cool, 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 radio production of It's a Wonderful Life. Huh. And I played the role of young Mary. Okay. So Mary at the beginning when she's, like, seven, <laughs> and, like, women, woman number three at bank or something like that. Oh, yeah, like I that. remember that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I remember that particular one was funny because I met a lot of people there that I ended up still being friends with today. Mm-hmm. Some of them have actually made the move to New York as Probably. well. Yeah. And uh, I remember being like, oh, great, I'm this young girl. I'm going to, let me, what voice am I going to use for this young girl? And I was like, I don't remember exactly what I did. I was like, oh okay, so I'll talk like this. And they're like, oh, that sounds too young. I'm like, okay, I'm all like this. It's uh, a little bit too young, so I ended up using my regular voice. <laughs> and They're like perfect. Yeah, like, sounds old. great. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> woman number three at bank's a little more. Ink. I don't even know what she said. Some something that was probably like, give me my money back or something. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, woman number three always talking about her money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: but one of those people that was part of that was Sean Reedy, who's a performer at the Pit. Mm-hmm. He's on and Robin now, mm-hmm. I think. But he was like the director. I think oh, cool. of that. And, then, yeah, so we keep in touch. And my actual, my boyfriend now was in that, but we were not dating at the time. Oh, wow. Did so that's how start I started dating in, here? In New York, yeah, new not in college. Wow. Which is funny. But, yeah, a few other people are yeah. still friends with. So what do you do now? What do I do now? Good question. As far <laughs> as work goes. Yes. Um, I just got a new job, so I'm working at a small production company, And I'm doing, um, they've done a few documentaries, and they actually have one coming up they just got funding for. Cool. But I'm helping out with a web video project they do called the Story Exchange. Mm -hmm. And it's a a project that's in collaboration with the New York Times, and they do video profiles and articles on women entrepreneurs. Nice. So each video has a corresponding article about um, these women who have started their own businesses. And so I'm doing more of a production coordinating like office manager side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Prior to this, I had been working at the pit, actually. And it was just, it was time to move on because it it was funny, like, during the day, all I did was think about comedy. And then at night, it was hard for me to, like, work on my own projects almost. I was like, oh, my God, nonstop comedy all the time. So this is a good change of pace because it's a little bit different. It kind of goes back to my, like, film and TV background a little Mm -hmm. bit. They have the documentary coming up and then there's web videos. So I feel like... All of my experience has almost, like, led to this in a way. That's because awesome. I had, And I had also worked at a commercial production company for a while right out of college. Okay. Um, I was an in-house editor there for a little while. Wow. So I had some experience in that. Ter- I don't know. I, I have a lot of... Interesting mixed experience which that has great. been very helpful now. Yeah, definitely. because yeah, prior to house Editor, I was also I'm oh, sorry, also office manager there. So, oh, okay. In that sense, I was also like dealing with agency and dealing directly with the directors. Mm-hmm. So, well, commercial directors. So it was it was good. And after that, I did a little foray into casting. Mm-hmm. I was a casting apprentice. Oh, where was Which which, which, means, uh, which what, place? Yeah. I worked at Telsey okay. and Co. And I was the commercial in the commercial department, okay. and so I was the person that was, like, behind the camera recording those initial auditions. Fun. And, like, putting them online afterwards. It was a great team there. And I remember I would actually, since I had started taking improv class at that point, I had started to, like, recognize people coming in. I was like, oh, hey, oh, <laughs> sorry, don't mind me back here. Um, but other people, they'd think that I was, like, some important person because sure. I was, like, behind the, I'm mean, like, no, I don't, know. I'm not important. You're like, I'm pressing a button. Yeah, just, just do your thing. Do your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you have had, like, uh, production, like, nine to five jobs since you graduated? I,
1: well, okay, so I worked at the commercial production company for about two and a half years, and then after that, I did freelance video editing, and this casting thing was more of a freelance basis. Oh, okay. So I did video editing and casting for about a year or so, and it was great when the opportunities came up at Telsey. That was, like, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And when they didn't... And, like, I don't know. It, freelance is very stressful to me. Yeah, totally. And if Please I could have do yeah, done it longer, I would have. But I started freaking out.
0: <laughs> How did you... I mean, that's something that happened to me a lot also. Yeah. How did you deal with that? I mean, I guess you got a regular job, but...
1: Yeah. Um, I did a lot of panicking most mm-hmm. of the time. But so when I had the castling, it was wonderful, cause they would usually call me in three to five days a week mm-hmm. on like a routine mm-hmm. basis. Yeah. Um, but I think I was basically filling in in this transition period, so the calls became less and less. Sure, yeah. And so with the editing projects, the video editing projects I was doing, if I was able to get like, one or two in addition to some savings that I had I was pretty much set for like a month or two Mm -hmm. um but if I didn't get those it was a little bit of a struggle so I was like after doing that for a while and seeing my like savings drop I was like oh god I need to like do something so I actually simultaneously interned at the pit and UCB
0: oh my goodness
1: I was a video intern at UCB and I guess, a daytime intern at the pit. Yeah. So it was like alternating days. And I was just kind of like, one of these is going to work out. And like, I really enjoyed the video internship at UCB because, although, I mean, both internships were unpaid, um, but UCB, you were like really in there, like editing projects that came in. I remember I was cool. editing an Cat podcast at one point. Wow. And we got to, they don't do this anymore, but we had to record mod Night some nights, Hmm. which was like cool, but also you're seeing these shows and you're really involved with it. Right. Um, How did you get that internship? I applied. There was just like a a job, like an internship posting, I applied, and I had a lot of video experience at that point. Sure. Because, yeah, and some comedy experience. It's funny how I found my way back to improv, because in college, one of my friends was on one of the short form teams there, Mm -hmm. and he like persuaded me to do this show, in Rhode Island mm-hmm. coordinated and I was like okay cool and he knew me from the sketch stuff and one of the plays that I was in I was in Fools by Neil Simons. and he he was in that as well and he was like oh we'll, we'll do some sketches and we'll do an improv set I was like okay great cool so i like I'm not doing the improv he's he like yeah we will have you just do the sketch I was like great because I feel great about that um, long story short I ended up doing improv and I was terrified and I remember very specifically at one point i don't even know what game we were playing but i was out on stage with like my arms out and we're and i had like armor on or something mm-hmm. and they were moving me around like i had no idea what was going on i had complete like stage fright even though we were in a like a cafe on in rhode island sure yeah and i was like i'm never doing this again oh man. like i hate this why am i doing this like yeah never again and that was short form again. and though. that was once again short form yeah. and yeah it was so funny like I never would have thought I would have done improv. That was so. That was before you took any long form classes. Yeah. So okay. that was yeah. I didn't. So let's see. What is the? Sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. That's okay. Here. I did no improv really in college except for that horrifying experience. Sure. Um, and then after college, I got that job at the commercial production company quite quickly. So mm-hmm. I was interning there. I managing and I was editor and. In that time, those first, like, six to eight months or so, I was still living on Long Island and commuting in. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have, like, a lot of time to be, like, social or right. anything like that. And then when I finally moved to the city, although I had friends from Long Island that were just close by and some friends in the city, because in Boston, I feel like for film and TV, you either move to New York or LA.
0: Yeah, which is really sucks.
1: Yeah, and a lot of my friends moved to LA. Yeah. And I'm, I wasn't quite feeling the West Coast, so... I would, like, be working, and I was really excited that I was part of this job that I thought was pretty cool, and doing some cool stuff, but I was like, I'd get back to my apartment. I had two roommates, but they, you know, they were doing their own thing, because they were a little older, already had their own groove, mm. um, but they were very nice, and I was like, I need to do something with my time, Yeah. and a friend was around, and we, like, went to see a comedy show, and... The first imp- long form improv I ever did actually was at the pit. Oh cool. And it was a level zero class.
0: Nice. Because Who was your I teacher?
1: was terrified. Yeah. Yang Miller.
0: Oh, I don't know. Not there anymore?
1: I- um, I guess he has not been around as much recently. Okay. Yeah. So Yang Miller, level zero, I took level zero class because I was once I like I said, terrified. Mm-hmm. I was like, the idea of performing in front of people after my like big burn in Rhode Island, it's just like I don't know how I can face it again. Right. Uh but level zero was only like four weeks and yeah. there was no performance at yeah. the end. So I was like, I feel good about this. Like I'll get my laughs in, maybe I'll meet some new people, don't have to perform in the end. Great. Yeah. And then I ended up having a blast in that class. I still do I still it was a very small class. It started off to be a bigger class, but then by the end of it, I think there were only like five of us, or like four or five. I heard that happens a lot in level zero. Yeah, and it was a mix of age groups, um, and there were some older people, mm-hmm. and I think I was one of the younger people, and I don't know, I just had a really good time. There's one group I still like keep in touch with, kind of, but then I just ended up signing up for the next class. Yeah. And I took all the classes at the pit, and then I took all the classes at UCB, and some advanced classes there also. And I, taken, I took two classes in the Magnet, too. Nice. I mean, not all back-to-back, back, but right. I've tried to go to all the theaters. I remember mm-hmm. for Magnet, I took one musical improv class, which was super fun. Ooh,
0: I really want to do that.
1: Yeah, I had Tara Copeland as a teacher. She's now in LA, but mm-hmm. she was so wonderful. And I took a two-prop class Oh, Magnet. Fun. Yeah, that's... you go in with like a partner, Oh, so was fun. And that's actually how I met the Andrew sisters who also has a show of the pit. It's so oh. funny. All the worlds like, come together. Yeah.
0: I feel like it's a very small world eventually. Yeah, it ends up being very like. small. Yeah. Okay, so since I know, obviously, you have the job in production now, and that's something that is not, like, there's no time limit on that. Is yeah. that right? Is that what you want to stay doing, or are you trying to move towards more your own projects and performance and stuff?
1: It's it's funny because I've been asking myself this question uh, a lot as well. Let's get into because it. I remember when I was younger, I had a cousin, or I still have a cousin, <laughs> and my aunt was like talking She's like, Well, you know, she's just so good at so many things. She just can't decide on what she wants to do, mm-hmm. so she's just gonna be doing like whatever. And I was like, Ugh. I remember at the time like scoffing? I was like, oh, like what a hack! Like she can't. <laughs> she's just so good at so many things. Like right. what. Ever. Yeah. And so now I'm kind of like I want to do all of these. So I find myself almost in the same place. Yeah. Being like I want to do so many things. I want to, I want to produce videos. I want to act in videos. I want to edit videos. I I don't know. I just want to do everything that I can do. Yes. I mean, and at this point, I'm just kind of like a, trying to see where that takes mm-hmm. me, which maybe isn't the best idea. But well, ju- why? Well, I don't know because. It's interesting, I feel, and I think Jamie actually touched upon this a little in mm-hmm. episode too, where it's like a lot of people who are performers, or like, I want to be a performer, that like they know they want to be a performer. Yeah. Or like, um, yeah, they just know what they want to do. And I feel like I don't necessarily know. And I do think it, it is okay at some point. Like mm-hmm. You don't want to necessarily limit yourself, or yeah. not try some because you don't think it's part of your path. Yeah. Like like I said, improv was something I didn't plan on, but it has led to so many friendships, opportunities, and even the internship at UCB. I'm now on a UCB digital team, so I'm doing video projects with that. Yeah. And I have a solo show coming up at the pit. I saw I that. Yeah, pit. that's really cool. I'm going to go to Yeah. That. Oh, no, no worries. I'm, so, I'm, like, I'm like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just like to be doing... As much as possible all the time. Yeah, totally. Because if I'm not, I just go crazy. Right. And I actually have a really hard time relaxing. And I posted about this on Facebook. I'm not going to call out the person who commented, (laughs) but I wrote something like the jokey along the lines of like, wow, like I finally have a a day off. Like how do you relax? Or like something like stupid like that. And then someone commented, I hope he's listening. No, he was (laughs) like, uh, if you're if you're in New York and you have time to relax, like, you need to get out of this city or like something what? like that. And Ew. I was like, boo, you don't even know me. <laughs> He's like, I'm always busy, give me a break. <laughs> like, this is my one time. Yeah. But it, it is hard for me to relax because totally. I feel like I need to constantly be moving, constantly be doing things. Yeah. Because I definitely fell into a rut, was it last year? I don't know, in my mind it was a rut. I was still doing things, but it wasn't as much, I think, as I would have wanted to be doing because yeah. When I first started taking improv classes, towards the end of it, I used to do a video a week. Mm. Um, myself that you and would write? And re- myself and Lorraine Sink, we used to do this little video series where it was kind of video blogging. Cool. We would just kind of like meet up on a Saturday, and we would just be like, okay, let's do a video. We would like talk about a topic, and then we would just improvise on camera. Cool. And it was fun. And then like she ended up doing her own thing eventually, and I ended up doing my own thing. But like I was producing so much content, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is great. And so I reached a point where I don't know exactly what happened, but it slowed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, I need to be doing more. Yeah. <laughs> what, what else can I do? And I think that's why, well, after that, let's see, I did those video projects, and then I've, I, I would always like, try to pick up video projects here and there, and then yeah. I'm part of a comedy group called Johnny Global to the Moonbeams. Which is wonderful. We started off as just an improv team, but then we ended up doing a monthly show at the Pit, which was like a variety show with sketches and videos. We ended up doing a web series after that, which ended up being a finalist in the New York Television Festival, wow. like Comedy Central Short Pilot Competition. That's amazing. And but and that was like we had all this like momentum going, and it was like it kind of dropped off. Oh, like we yeah. had, we had just gotten that, and then everyone gets busy. Sure. You know? Yeah. And for it was five of us. It's still five of us. Whenever we get together, it's still a lot of fun. But we just didn't have that time to put in doing more videos anymore and so I think that's actually what drew me to taking a solo show class because after letting fear kind of guide those initial decisions I was like you know what I took an improv class because I wanted to meet new people and because it horrified me so I'll take musical improv because of the same reason and then oh I haven't done a solo performance let me do that so that's why I ended up taking that class
0: That's really, you're literally following the fear, which is very improv. Uh I remember when
1: I first saw that, that follow the fear, it it did resonate with me. I was like, oh yeah, like, that's what i got to do. Because I tend to be kind of a nervous person, Mm a kind of cautious person. Yeah. And I don't take a lot of risks. Yeah. Which is something that I'm trying to remedy. Mm -hmm. So I try to put myself Mm -hmm. out there and see what happens. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I found that, I think that. Uh, happens with a lot of creative people that I didn't realize because I think when you're seeing other creative people do shit you're like wow they're just doing everything like they must have their life together like they know exactly Mm -hmm. what they're doing Um, and it's always interesting to me to read to find out like that the person behind it is just so often like no no I just need to be doing things and hope that something kind of sticks Mm -hmm. and I always wonder how that kind of um, folds in with the perfectionist thing because it's never done. Like you're never done being a creative person. Therefore you can never be like, I did it correctly. Yes.
1: Do you it has been a challenge. Yeah. It's been a real challenge. Um, improv. I, so I used to do a lot of sketch video mm-hmm. stuff and then I was kind of like, I'll do improv. And I kind of liked that once I did it, it was over. Yeah. And like if it was hilarious, great. If it wasn't hilarious, okay, that's fine. Um, with sketch, it's kind of like you've put all this like time and effort into it. And if it's mm-hmm. not funny, it's like you blew it. Mm-hmm. Whereas improv, you could kind of like write it off a little bit. Like, oh, I just it was a bad show. Right. Which well, happened. I was, I was making it up. What do yeah. you expect? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'd like to you up and do this. Right. Um, so it's been, like I said, a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... Doing improv has freed me up a little bit. I would say doing improv has helped me as a person. Like, this sounds so stupid and cliche, but, like, even when I was office managing, Mm -hmm. it helped me be better on the phones. It helped me talk to people like a normal human, (laughs) and it's helped me even with, like, thinking of sketches and stuff like that. I don't write as many sketches as I used to, but it helps with that process, and it also helps with editing, Mm -hmm. video editing, believe it or not. Just knowing where those beats are, because I primarily do comedy stuff, so, mm-hmm. like, you can kind of get a vibe when the video has to end. It's kind of like sweep edit type right. thing. And when, in, like, improv, you're looking for the beats. Like, you have to, like, hit something three times. The same thing with editing. Yeah. When you're doing a comedy video. You want to, like, hit those certain points. Yeah. And the timing is so Timing essential. is super important. Do you ever see video sketches that
0: drive you crazy with their timing? Because I do all the time.
1: <laughs> I do. I do. And I... Try to not be annoying about it. Like, I try to (laughs) not be like, ugh. Like, they wasted too much time up top. They could have cut there. Right. Oh, they could have done this. Watching anything is actually hard for me because all I do is see the editing. Yeah. And so totally. I'll be like, oh, they clearly did like ADR on that line because the mouth is in line. Like it's, I'm, I'm annoyed at myself. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, I used to
0: work at Howard Stern and a lot of what I did was mm-hmm. the post-production. And so I did quality checks and we'd have to watch every oh, wow. episode. And a lot of it was just making sure the sound lined up. Um, so it was the video side of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and now whenever I see something ADR all the time, cause it's always that from behind the camera, behind mm-hmm. the person shot Looking at the other person, I don't know what that's technically called, and
1: yeah, you can you shoulder. know
0: yeah, you know that that's not what they're saying. You can see
1: it. Did you watch any of the new Arrested Development*? It's gonna yes. make you. Okay, yes. I was gonna say yes. it was infuriating. Yes, <laughs> and I wish I wish
0: I'm sure it was the same for you. Wish mm-hmm. I didn't notice it. It really ruins like mm-hmm. watching anything. I was watching a web series today that some people. Um, I know through someone did yeah. and it was like really cute and really funny, and I was mm-hmm. like, this is great. and then they had this one shot that just was like unnecessary. like I don't know it must have been maybe they didn't have a good shot of anything else at the time or something, but I was like it just completely took me out of it. I was like, that ugh, lot
1: yeah, it was a quick like three second shot. That's a lot why. of stuff can quickly take me <laughs> yeah I was like yeah yeah, i I wish I didn't see it or like I wish I didn't hear it yeah, it would make my Job a lot more pleasurable. Or like just like living would be much more pleasurable because I, right. I could just like watch a video, right? Instead of like, oh yeah, they they let that frame go for a little long or like they let that whatever. I don't know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what do you think about? And you don't have to answer if it's too industry sensitive. Okay. But do you have an opinion about SNL and the their sketches? Because I often feel like they go on for just too long.
1: It's interesting. I. Have some thoughts on this. So they have gone through many types of like video elements. Mm -hmm. I feel like because there were those um oh god what they call like the Rob Smigel Smigel like those early ones. Those kind of like shorts like they were the video. Yeah, this is very time specific. And like I feel like Lonely Island, like those Andy Samberg, Mm -hmm. those were kind of made. For YouTube in a sense. yeah, I feel totally. like it was like, okay you'd see it on the show, but then you'd see it on YouTube and it was like a huge hit on YouTube. yeah. Um, but yeah I think sketches been a little bit long. It's interesting to see the good neighbor sketches because they're like the kind of the new digital short people. like, I um, like Kyle it. Mooney. Oh yeah 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 and Beck Bennett. Mm. And very funny, very unique sense of humor. And like I've seen their stuff on YouTube, and I, I almost feel like it plays better on YouTube for yeah. some reason. Um, it's strange I mean, in the context. I don't know. It, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because I think we're so used to this short YouTube world, where like there's a short video you watch, like at work when you have like two to three minutes right. to watch something, yeah. And then to like see it on screen is very interesting. Yeah. But I've had this conversation with my digital team too. It's like. The, the shows that are doing it so well, though, do it so well. Like P.M. Like Peel and, so and Amy good. Schumer, I think yeah. those are like my top two right mm-hmm. now. They have found a way to make sketch comedy still hilarious, but also yeah. very cinematic mm-hmm. in P.M. Peel's world. And Amy Streamer also very funny and very and like it looks good and like yeah. you can see those online and shareable. It seems like a lot of shows, even like and Jimmy Fallon has really capitalized on this. Totally. A lot of shows understand that there's the TV element, but there also has to be a shareable element yeah. on YouTube, whether that's a clip from the show, whether that's a behind the scenes segment, whether it's hashtag, just like one right, of their like, digital short things. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, like at midnight, like what an incredible idea like, yeah i wouldn't have thought of that like mm-hmm. what an incredible idea Genius. and they have done so like i don't sorry i mean i don't actually really watch the show but i see the hashtag and i'm like gotta get in on this like yeah. maybe i'll get featured on the show <laughs> but, i mean i haven't yet but it's fun to see people that you know get featured also mm-hmm. um but it's just like. Everything you have to think of in this kind of social aspect. Everyone is sharing. Everyone wants to be part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's how do we involve people in that conversation? Because that's all social media is in a way, like a big conversation. Even YouTube is a social network. Right, it's a community, and a lot of people don't think about it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's interesting. No, yeah. Is very interesting to me. So when you do your... with you advertising something for yourself mm-hmm. or your UCB team or something like yeah. that, do you guys approach it in a different manner or do you think about that when you try to advertise it?
1: I think about it more than most people probably should. Yeah. I will say that I tend to be the one in any group I'm in to be like, okay, cool, guys. So like we're going to have a Twitter, we're going to Like I'll mm-hmm. update it. Right. Like, I tend to be that person because <laughs> I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the important thing to remember about social media is that uh, um, you don't want to share the same thing on every, every social media thing. Uh-huh. What am I trying to say? Not On sp- every platform? Platform, that's the <laughs> word. On every platform, because then why do I want to follow you on every platform? Right. So there's certain things that do better on, in certain places. So GIFs, for example, I'm obsessed with, animated GIFs, mm-hmm. they do a great way of advertising yourself on Tumblr. Like, GIFs, huge on Tumblr. Yes. Can't do GIFs on Facebook. You can only just start to do them on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But Tumblr, huge for GIFs. And also, then, remember, is you want to be able to promote your show or video a lot of times, but in different ways. Right. So when we promoted our web series, we had one day where we, like, actually, for the web series, we ended up doing, um... Okay, so there were five of us. Five characters in the series, Mm -hmm. and so leading up to the premiere of the series, we did five little like character teasers Hmm. each day leading up to it. So one of them was Justin, one of them was me, one of them was Keith, and so it was like, oh, try it. Okay, cool. Like I I know about this series. And then when it got to the series come out, we had like a big like event, and then like you hit that. So like episode one is live, and then we had a game plan of like, okay, maybe we'll put some gifs on Tumblr one day. We'll post a behind-the-scenes picture on another day. Mm-hmm. We'll tweet a quote on You know what I mean? Like, just thinking of all these different ways yeah. you can promote something that, one, doesn't feel like you're selling something to someone. Yeah. Um, and, like, it is different each time. So, like, gifs for Tumblr, Facebook, pictures do very well on Facebook. Like, behind the, people love behind-the-scenes. I try huh. to encourage everyone to do behind the scenes, like, videos even, too. Yes. Like, at the end of our series, I wish we could have done more, but we Mm -hmm. ended up doing just one kind of, like, finale behind the scenes thing. Yeah. But, like, um, are you familiar with Barely Political slash Key of Awesome on YouTube? Mm -hmm. They're incredible at this. Yeah. They do their Kesha parody. And then you go to the end of the Kesha parody, and you have them, the people behind it, being like, hey, thanks so much for watching that Kesha parody. We're the guys behind it. Um, here's the person who was in it. If you want to know how that awesome video you just watched was made, click on this behind-the-scenes video. Yeah. And so then you get to get a little look behind the scenes. You feel involved, and then it's kind of like that's also more content for their channel that people can be viewing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like it's all about this like, conversation, getting people to share, getting people to talk. It's like oh, a lot of people for YouTube they refer to these things as calls to action. Where it's like, at, that's what at the end of the video, was like, please subscribe. Yeah. Or um, some people will do like question of the day, like let us know in the comments what your favorite Picasso painting is. Like, that was a stupid example, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like yeah. they'll, they will engage you, the mm-hmm. viewer, to like comment, share, subscribe to, yeah, comment in the, the video below. So then people start to know you and then they start to come back. And they, another incredible YouTube channel, I am very much in the YouTube world, yeah. so another incredible YouTube channel is the um, Kids React. I, of course. So good. The Fine Brothers. Yeah. Incredible. And also um, Epic Rock Battles of History. Mm-hmm. Those are two channels that use a lot of audience participation. Right. At the end of each one of those, it's like, okay, the kids reacted to Gangnam um, Style, which they react to next and then people comment right they share they and then they check back for the next video to see if their suggestion was used. used yeah same thing with epic rap battles um vloggers do it also mm-hmm. if, if it's like um hey we we're doing this video what i'm trying to think um leave a comment a lot of vloggers do like comment review videos. Yeah. Where it's like, we hey, mention the comments. Yeah. Water, yeah. And we'll we'll talk about it. And so then that's, you feel part of the community, you feel like you are contributing to this. Yeah. And it makes you want to check back. Yeah. And that's exciting. And you think
0: that that's possible to do with like web series or more scripted content as well?
1: I think it is. It's, it's harder. I mean, if you have a set cast, it's easier because you can just be like, hey, remember me from that video? Yeah. So that's what we tried to do at the end there. But... Some YouTube channels, the Lizzie Bennett Diaries did that. Yeah. It's basically Pride and Prejudice as told through video blogs. Cool. So you have like, hey, like, I'm Lizzie, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they each, each character has their own Twitter account. Nice. And I, th- I think it is that show that has it, but you can interact with the character. Oh, well. If, I think it is that show, but if not that show, my music definitely does it, which is another Fine Brothers hmm. thing. But you can interact with the characters on Twitter, too. Mm-hmm. That's helping develop your that's character really cool. voice. There's that really annoying, well, I shouldn't say that because I haven't seen it, but it seems kind of annoying, <laughs> TV show Selfie. Oh, yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but yeah. It. Yeah, and um, uh, I want to say Amy Pond, that's not her name, Karen Gillan, the main character. Mm-hmm. Her character has a Twitter account. Oh,
0: that makes and sense. And so
1: it increases, like, fan engagement and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is all very fascinating to me. I feel mm-hmm. like I could ask a million questions about this and, like, also feel like I should be taking notes. And then I realized that it's <laughs> being recorded.
1: So I don't I could talk about notes. this for hours. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. And I learned a lot because when I was at the pit, we developed a relationship with the YouTube space here in New York. Uh-huh. And so they have different, like, workshops that I was, like, able to attend cool. and stuff like that. So that was... cool that's awesome yeah
0: um if you don't mind i want to go a little bit more back to like what you're doing now
1: and absolutely i know i'm sorry i kind of just
0: go off it's fine i like i said i'm gonna ask you a lot more questions (laughs) about that when i'm not recording Yeah, yeah um but so in terms of Uh, because you had said at first when you were doing freelance and stuff like that Mm -hmm. you were dwindling your savings which I completely understand yes I was it was terrible (laughs) yeah yeah and I'm kind of just coming out of a a Mm -hmm. stage of that do you um, now that you have like a more stable job and stuff like that how do you fund your projects and and is that something that you're always thinking about in terms of what you can and can't Mm -hmm. do
1: yeah Um, okay let me see what products have I done I have the unique ability to, not unique ability. The, uh, I'm able to shoot and edit my own things, which is yes. very helpful. Yeah, not a lot of people can do that. Yeah. Um, so I've been very fortunate in that way. But for the web series, for example, we wanted, we needed to find someone who could shoot it, who's going like, to help with sound and stuff like that. Because like I was going to, I was going to edit it basically, mm-hmm. and it was an improvised web series, which was a challenge in itself. Sure. Um, but we were like, we need someone who, like, knows what they are doing camera-wise. Because, like, I could direct it. Like, anyone on my team could direct it. But we wanted someone who was there to, like, lead the way. Because mm-hmm. we were going to be performing. Right. And uh, I have done so many things where I've worn so many hats. It gets a little bit overwhelming. It totally. It goes much more, it uh, goes smoother when you only have to focus on one thing. Yeah. So, it's terrible to ask people to work for free. hmm However... Oftentimes people will do things, it's like, if you're like, oh my god, like, hey, I know you're a professional editor, can you edit this thing for me for no money? It's like, well, like, I don't know, like, you're a professional director, you're a DP, like, I I don't know. Yeah. Um, I got very fortunate with this web series because I had a friend, Andy, who I knew from Chelsea Pictures, which is the commercial production company I worked for. Mm -hmm. I knew him as a production coordinator there. Um... Awesome guy. We stayed in contact after my time there. And I reached out to him because I saw he was doing some video stuff and he wanted to do more directing. Right. So I bring this up because it's like, you want to make it beneficial for the other person. Mm -hmm. So he was willing to come on and help us out because he wanted to do more directing. It was helpful for him in his reel, in his career. it, it would have been different if I was like, can you, like, help production coordinate? Right. <laughs> it was like, no, I want to do this. I want more opportunities to do this. So I'm more likely to do it um, for, if not free, for, like, a smaller fee than I'm used to. Yeah. And he has actually gone on. Like, this is a tangent for sure, but he now professionally does Vine videos. What? Which is like outrageous and incredible. Like what a world we live in. But anyway. And then he was able to bring on some friends who he knew in camera and sound. And so it it worked out wonderfully for that. So generally it's like, if you can make sure it's mutually beneficial, awesome. Right. Um, And if you like pay for people's meals, like always forget to, I'm sorry, what am I saying? Don't forget to feed people. Mm Super important, always get lunch or, like, leave time for lunch mm-hmm. because people aren't going to be happy <laughs> if you don't. Yeah. And, it'll, I don't know, it just just the small stuff like that just really improves the morale on set, makes everything a lot more fun, go a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, I, I was on, yeah, I'm, I'm very used to doing things for, like, low budget or no budget. Right. So it's usually, like, calling in favors or, like, Almost going back to the days of high school, like improvising a little bit as far as like, okay, we need, I don't know, we, we need a whole, I can't think of an example for some reason, but like, we need this prop. How can we get this prop or something that's like this prop for mm-hmm. free? Like, can we make it? Can we rent it? Stuff like that. Right. Um, I haven't done this yet, but I will say, don't be afraid to use Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Yeah. Well. Um, I've seen a lot of success for projects through those yeah. and I say don't be afraid but just do know what you need mm-hmm. don't be like oh man I need like $50,000 because you're like oh because I remember I saw someone and this <laughs> one's going to be being like kind of grumpy and like a, a bitter old lady but like I saw something and they're like okay we need this amount of money and like this is what we're going to do with it and I was like you don't need that amount of money like <laughs> I was like I know you don't need that right. you're lying somewhere <laughs> <laughs> So just know realistically what you can and cannot do sure. is very important know that You can't shoot in a hospital if you don't have a hospital. It's also, not to limit your writing necessarily, but just keep in mind what you can and cannot do. Yeah. Is very important.
0: Yeah. My entire web series that I wrote with my friend that we're shooting now, we were like, we could... At first we were going to have it be a shit ton of locations, and then we were like, nope, let's change the perspective so it's always in this apartment. Yes. And it actually was a lot more fun to write it that way because Mm -hmm. you have to find the creative... You know a ways around it, which make it a lot more interesting. I think usually, hopefully.
1: yeah. And everything is a learning experience. Yeah. So it's like then you learn that you're like, you know what? Maybe next time we can work in the two locations. We can work in three locations. But especially if it's your first time doing. It. I remember the web series like our first kind of foray into like a some type of like narrative type series thing. Yeah. And so it was like ambitious in a way. And so just like I said, knowing what you can and cannot do. And I'm thinking as far as sketches. Yeah. The big thing is just making it beneficial for everyone, and just not wasting anyone's time right. is very important to me. Yeah. Um, if you don't need an actor, if he's only in one scene, that's gonna be at the end of the day. Don't have him come in at ten a.m. Like it seems right. like an obvious thing, but unfortunately, I have seen/slash been part of projects where like I or an actor would get there at ten a.m. and I mean they'd be there through lunch, and we didn't shoot something until like four. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean. It's just, like, being conscious of people's time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, once again, if someone is doing a favor for you, awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just make sure you're not being rude. I don't know. It's sure. Something, yeah. Just something that I learned at the commercial production company is that if you are, like, a director or someone, you want to introduce yourself to everyone. Mm-hmm. You want to know everyone by name. So, yeah. if you're directing something, you don't want to just roll in and be like, all right, I'm directing. Let's, uh, let's get going. Like, blah, blah, blah. I make... A, for, like when I, when I do a project, I make a point of introducing myself to everyone on set. Mm-hmm. If it's a PA that a random person I know brought on, it's like, oh hello, like, thank you so much for doing this. Like, here's how the day is gonna go on. It's just like keeping that very friendly. Yeah. Approach. I just like don't be a jerk. I mean, like I think that goes for everything, but just like be friendly, be professional have someone, if not yourself, know how long things are taking. Yep. Because <laughs> like you have certain directors or you have certain, yeah, I would say many directors or DPs who are like auteurs who like want <laughs> the, the perfect shot with the perfect lighting. And it just has to be perfect. And they're going right. to do like, 17 takes until it's perfect. And mm-hmm. you're like, no. And that's actually an interesting difference between theater and web. Mm. You can always tell when someone has done more theater versus web because they will want to do many takes. Right. And they will want to get it, like, perfect. Whereas, like, video, like, you can get it close, But it's, like, if you only have an hour to shoot something and you have, I know, whatever, you're not going to spend all that time perfecting. Right. I mean, you're going to get to a point where you feel comfortable with, but you have to know that you have to move on. Right. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, totally. No, that makes a lot of sense. I guess, do you ever have issues with people, because they're working for free, end up not being able to be there? Because that was something that I've run into, that's what I know other people have run into, where it's like, they're like, I'm sorry, I had to take a paid project. And it's like, that sure, happens. yeah, definitely. Yeah. How do you navigate that?
1: Um, like an actor, or like a, just anyone, anyone on set. Yeah. I guess another thing with production is to just remain flexible mm-hmm. and to not panic. And especially if you're producing, you want to make everyone think that everything is okay, even though right. no it's not okay. I remember a director was kind of like, "Listen, like I don't know, I don't want to know if something's wrong. I just want you to tell me that everything's getting taken care of." Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. It's um, I guess if it's like if you have an actor bail out last minute. I don't mean. It. I mean, you just. Kind of I guess <laughs> you just have to find someone else, or maybe yeah. have like a plan B for a different shoot date, or if it's like I can only be here in the afternoon, see if you can adjust the schedule to shoot something else in the morning. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a case by case basis type thing, but if you have like a direct, if you have a DP dropout, that might be a more serious right issue. It's just a matter of thinking about if you can pull it off that day, if it's if you're comfortable with how it would be. So it's like. If, you have, if you're if you a DP that I like working with and we want to bring you on for this project, but you can't make it on Tuesday, we might reschedule. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, we know that if we bring in Joe Schmo, who maybe isn't my first choice, it's not going to look as good. Right. So you have to think about what, like, sacrifice, not, you know, sacrifices you yeah. want to make and the how you, you can accommodate stuff like that. And that's yeah. stuff you just have to kind of, like, go with the flow, learn from experience yeah. type stuff.
0: How do you manage to do that, being an anxious person?
1: (laughs) I have actually gotten a lot less anxious, I would say. I am quite mellow. Even if I'm like freaking out, I tend to be quite mellow on the outside. Mm -hmm. So you might Mm -hmm. not know. Yeah. (laughs) I'm freaking out right now! (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of realizing that not everything is in your control. Mm -hmm. And that's for me, at least. Not not you in particular. No, no, no.
0: Yeah. Generally,
1: it's like... There are certain things you can control and there are certain things you can't control. I used to freak out if I was like running late for a train or something. Mm -hmm. Like if I was like missing if I was gonna miss a train. And I was like, well, I can't control the subway. I can't control any of that. If I can't take control how long it's gonna, you know, take to get a but I can control how early I leave, I guess. So it's like planning ahead for stuff like that, and just mm-hmm. worrying about the things that actually are necessary to worry about, Right. which is something that I had to learn.
0: So it's just like a conscious decision that you're, you yeah. compartmentalize things on purpose. And it's
1: some things like that where it's like if you have an appointment at noon and you're running late, it's like, okay, well, maybe it was in your control a little bit because maybe you should have left a little bit earlier. But, it's like, you, like I said, you can't control the train. But that's the big thing. You can't control you can't the train. You control the train. <laughs> um, that's the big message, the big takeaway to, yeah, from this. If you can, um, you've gotten this far, know that. Yeah, and it's like, it's, I was reading some book about this. It's like, if you can't, you can't control it. So, like, okay, you're running late. The, what's the worst thing that will happen? Really, yeah. like realistically. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you'll get off the train and you'll get there five after noon when you were supposed to be there, and that person might have been running late also. Yeah. Or maybe they had to reschedule. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, things aren't usually as bad as you are going to imagine them to yeah. be. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's just. But that's a hard realization to come it's around to. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, like I said, I have slowly been working towards this yeah. state of Zen that I'm in right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I,
0: lateness is something I used to worry about a lot. That and was a big thing for me. And I started, I ended up being late to my therapist once. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I think it's great that you were late. And I was like, why? And she was like, because you're here and everything's okay.
1: That's was the like, thing. Oh what is God. the worst that could happen? Yeah. Nothing is going to fall apart. Even with right. production stuff, so I remember, I mean, try not to be late, I guess, in general. But if you are late, everything is not going to fall apart. I had to go to a shoot... Um, and it was I'm in Ast- I am live in Astoria and it was in like Prospect Park or something so it takes me a very long time to get from Queens to mm-hmm. Brooklyn on a weekend and oh, it God. just was like it was just like everything was going wrong and yeah. I ended up like a half hour late and like I was worried I was like oh my gosh like I'm inconveniencing everyone like this is terrible obviously like I said I tried to be on time but Things are out of your control sometimes. Yeah, I showed up, I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to be a half hour late. The trains, I was like, oh, you know what? It was fine, we were still setting up. We had to find a location and it just was fine. It's like, oh, okay. And, and like I said, not to make it think like the world should revolve around your schedule, but it's, it's okay to be late sometimes. It's okay, I mean. Yeah. And yeah. it, it'll it'll be okay. Right. Generally, Generally, it'll be okay. Yeah. There are some people that will make it seem like it won't be okay, mm-hmm. but it'll be okay.
0: Right. You just have to have the confidence in yourself to tell yourself, no matter what's going on, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I always like to also just be like, you know what? I'm just on a planet, mm-hmm. like in a really big universe, me being late for something or like fucking up some production or something really not going to matter in the grand scheme of things.
1: Yeah, and I dealt with a producer one time, and this is, I guess, with experience, who yeah. everything had to have happened yesterday. I was like, I need this. Oh my god, I need this like, right now. Like, okay. Yeah. And it's like, okay, no problem. Um, I'm going to let you know what I can do. Yeah. Um, also managing expectations. Because mm-hmm. I had a boss one time who would want something. I was like, well, feasibly I literally cannot do that in an hour, I need at least two or three hours. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes people like that, you can let them know that I'm happy to do this for you, it's it's all gonna work out, but you just have to realize it will take me this amount of time and this is why. It's just, yeah, I come, I have two younger sisters Mm -hmm. and I'm the very reasonable one. So I feel (laughs) like I've become used to being like, no need to freak out. <laughs> you just have to be mellow. Everything will be okay. Yeah,
0: you have a very soothing voice. It's oh, very, thank it's you. Very like,
1: it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: would, I would believe you if you said that everything was going to be okay. Yeah. It just comes in handy. Um, does your family like? Do they feel good about what you're doing? They
1: support it and everything. They've been very supportive. That's awesome. Even yeah. With the in- occasional instability. I mean, I guess. I mean, luckily, I haven't had to run to them mm-hmm. to, maintain, to be like oh my god like I need you to bail me out of this situation Right. but so I think as long as I'm and this goes for both my sisters too as long as we're happy they're happy to support us yeah. in our endeavors so I've been very fortunate with that they've that's, been wonderful that's yeah that's really great and
0: yeah. I've I've been reading a lot I'm sure everyone has if you're on Facebook at all it's just about like women in mm-hmm. X industry get shit Mm-hmm. Do you have any experience with that? I I think the improv community, at least from what I've seen, is better, if not okay with, like, doesn't have an issue with it. I mean, it has... I'm not going to get into, like, right. that. But mm-hmm. I think the imp- improv community is very forgiving with a lot of stuff like that, and I think it's a very welcoming community. Have you had any issues as you've tried to move into kind of more powerful roles of producer, or director, or stuff like that? Has that ever come up?
1: Um, it's interesting. So it It's all about confidence. Mm-hmm. I feel like I wasn't always so confident, um, and then I found that once I gained confidence in myself and my abilities, people started to take me seriously
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Speaking of my voice, I have kind of a not high pitched voice, but definitely a, a feminine voice mm-hmm. <laughs> and so sometimes it's like if you're in a and this is like studies on like speech and stuff like that they say that women with deeper voices get taken seriously or or more seriously and it's like well I mean you can have someone who talks like this and they probably still know what they're talking about and it's just like a stereotype but like if you are confident people recognize that if you're you have a talent people will recognize that so I my hope is that everyone will be able to be appreciated for all of their talents. Yes. It does not matter if they're a man or a woman. It's interesting, I've been kind of thrown into this world, especially with the internet, with this feminism and this idea of feminism. And it was something that I honestly didn't think about a lot. Me neither. And now I'm thinking about it a lot. I just yeah. finished reading How to Be a Woman by Caitlin Moran, I believe mm-hmm. is how you pronounce her last name. She's a, Brit, a UK personality, mm-hmm. radio host, um, feminist. And now working on these projects with these women entrepreneurs. I'm, I'm thinking about feminism a lot. Sure. And I feel like it's coming up a lot, like you said, on Facebook. Even on Tumblr, you have everyone talking about feminism. And I think that we're moving towards a, a world. I don't know. We're moving towards <laughs> more equality with stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to generalize a community, I feel like. Sure. Because there are... There are certain people in every community that are going to be terrible. Absolutely, <laughs> they're just going to be absolutely terrible, and you're not going to want to be a part of that people, um, those people or what they're involved with. And the one of the one of the better, what am I saying? Some of the best advice I received is that you need to and I think this is a quote that I saw somewhere probably from like Amy Poehler or like Steve Martin or someone in the comedy one of these geniuses yeah Yeah. something with the idea of like surround yourself with talented people Mm -hmm. surround yourself with people that inspire you I'm not making this up this is something that a lot of people (laughs) talk about and it's like there were some people that I was working with that I didn't feel like we were jiving like I didn't feel like we were on the same page and that we had the same artistic goals and stuff like that so it's like then don't work with them anymore. Like people feel like they have to stay in an improv group that they're mm-hmm. they're not feeling great about. have to stay in a sketch group because they've been friends with these people all this time, but it's like not organic. You know what? Life's short. <laughs> there are other sketch groups. Make opportunities for yourself, right. type thing. So if you are a woman in comedy and you feel like you're not being taken seriously for your comedic characters. Create a web series for yourself showcasing your comedic characters. Mm-hmm. We're in a world now where everyone, well, not everyone, a lot of people, especially in America, <laughs> have that, just do a camera. Yeah. Like, go ahead and film a YouTube video of yours. Like, it, Oftentimes, it doesn't have to be the highest quality, even. Mm-hmm. Content is a king, I guess, is what a lot of people say. I went to this panel... Where some people from like Comedy Central were talking and they were saying how they have departments and they have people specifically who go through YouTube and Funny or die. Is that and the they New York want to, TV festival. It was one of them yeah, uh, Pioneers. It was the one that I went to was actually at the Pit. Oh. Okay. But I went to there a similar one at Pioneers. Yeah. And it was this kind of like content is king, we want to see. The idea is their bottom line, they just want to see something that's funny. Right. Or that surprises them that they haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. What does bother me, though, is a lot of these places, these, like, networks are looking for, like, reality TV. They're looking for, like, reality concepts. I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Do you really want that? Like, right. like, why does Lifetime need a reality? I mean, not for example, but, like, like why do all of these places need reality concepts? I don't know. Right. Fair I guess that's fair. where everything is moving towards. Yes. Yeah. Cheaper. I it's guess cheaper. And people, people want to be able to relate to people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, that person reminds me of me. Or that reminds me of someone I know.
0: It's kind of sad that the written content isn't giving people that. I feel like that's a yeah. failure by the written content. Yeah, right? <laughs> but, well, I'm glad to hear that you haven't, that it hasn't been an issue. Because it's something
1: that I haven't, I mean, yeah. it sounds like. It's one of those things where it's like, if something comes up, I just try to remove myself from the situation. Mm-hmm. I try not to get too... I just generally try not to get too upset about things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I've been in situations before where I'm maybe not taken as seriously as a male counterpart, but mm-hmm. I get out of that situation or I speak to someone about how I feel about that situation. Right. And usually it's like a misunderstanding or, like I said, either if it doesn't work out that way, I will just get out of that situation. Right. Where I feel more comfortable because you want to feel comfortable like why do you want to if it's a nine-to-five like why do you want to stay in nine-to-five where you're working for someone who makes you feel uncomfortable or right. something like that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. it's all yeah well, managing expectations as well and goes along with that
0: too definitely I yeah i was in a job once that i had to leave after i think it was three weeks
1: oh, and no. it was just
0: because it was a production job and it was actually for a, a network that was looking for a reality show mm-hmm. and it was a certain type of reality show Long story short, basically after three weeks on a four person team, two of us left. Oh no. And it was just because what the people wanted from us was impossible. It was impossible to give it to
1: them. Some environments are just toxic and you just have to get out. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um. All right. Well, I guess this so this breather closes at ten.
1: Oh man. So I have to
0: make sure that we like wrap it up. No, on no, that's totally fine. Um. But so I have a couple like closing questions. Sure.
1: I know I just ramble on. No, right. it was great.
0: It was it was so many nuggets of, of pure lovely information that I'm going to go back to. Um. But in terms of just I guess so you've been doing this for a while now and but uh, your experience in let's say comedy specifically if you ever hit a time that you're like what the fuck am I doing like why you feel like you're in a rut or something like that is there ever kind of a moment or something that you've done that you go back to to be like okay well you know I did that like I can do this again
1: yeah I mean I freak out every now and then sure I mean like I think everyone does. I think so too, but no one talks about yeah, it. Yeah, because I heard, was it? A, I follow Will Hines on Tumblr, and I think he posted something where he had like just done a show with some like someone that he looked up to, and like he went into the green room, and he's like, "Oh yeah, great job on that show," and they're like, "Yeah, really? I wasn't feeling too great about it." And I'm like, What? You're yeah. like a hero of mine. I think everyone freaks out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I just it. I get. Since I like to be moving all the time, I kind of lose track of what I've done. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it actually helps to be like, oh, wow, I did do that video project that did well. Or, like, I did do that solo show, which I didn't think I was going to be able to do. So it's so some of my, I don't know, I was quite pleased with the web series. Like, I go back and look at that every now and then. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, like, that was cool that I did that. And I go back and look at the solo work I've done because I... I have, in the past, tended to rely on other people to support, or for me to support, and so to see that I could do something on my own, I mean, I love working in a group, but to see that I could do something on my own was really empowering in a way, Mm -hmm. Um, because I took the the two classes at the pit, one of them was level one, and it was like an 8-10 to minute show, Mm -hmm. and then I did level two, which my show ended up being 27 minutes. Wow. And... Thinking back, I'm like, I can do anything now. (laughs) Like if I was able to do a 27-minute solo show, I can do anything. Sure. I mean, it wasn't a perfect show, but it was fun, and I. The fact is that I was able to do it without Mm -hmm. like vomiting everywhere. Yeah. So, stuff like that, it's it's just good to remind yourself that you have done awesome stuff. Yeah. Because, it's hard. Sometimes (laughs) Sometimes <laughs> you forget. Yeah, you for- Yeah, and it's nice. And also, I have. I think it's really important to compliment people and like mm-hmm. tell people if you like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, everyone is freaking out. So you might think nothing of it to be like to tell someone you like their web, web series, but like that might mean a lot to them. Yeah. So like, just kind of like being super positive and like sharing that energy. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important also. Yeah, Because, like we said, everyone's freaking out all the time. Mm-hmm. So just let people know that you like what they're doing. Yeah. If you if you like it. Don't lie. <laughs> but like, if you like it, just like, let someone know. Yeah, no, I do think that's really important. And
0: kind of the scary thing about Facebook is that so often you can get, like, likes and thumbs mm-hmm. up, which I don't feel like – I feel like that's now kind of diluted – when mm-hmm. people give actual good feedback, you're like, oh, well, I already liked your thing, so I don't have to tell you that you yeah. actually like it. Which is like, no,
1: go and out there and say it. Yeah, and sometimes, and I feel bad, sometimes I'll like something, and like I haven't watched it yet, and sometimes like, I'll forget to watch something, mm-hmm. and are like, oh, wait, why does this only have 23 views? I've got 50. 50 likes on Facebook. Right. Like, oh, like, maybe people are just like trying to, su- like, what does a like mean? I guess. Like, because sometimes oh, it's like, oh, like, us. I support what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, sometimes it's like, oh, I watched your video and I like it. But like I said, just like letting people know is very nice sometimes. Yeah. And, like, when I hear it, I'm just like thrilled. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> thank you so much. Or like, I don't know, people are always happy to hear
0: it. Totally, yeah. I had a show a couple, like, a week ago ish. Um, and someone, I was with my team, and someone came up to us after and was like, you guys were really great. That was awesome. And we were all like, thanks. Like, mm-hmm. just, it wasn't just like, okay, cool. It was like, we all just were so warmed by the fact that someone took the time to come up and like, say that, which is just a lovely thing. Yeah, day. and it's yeah. also
1: important to like, being able to accept the compliments. Just hard. I was just reading something about this, where it, it's very hard, and I remember when I was first doing improv classes, especially, it was like, oh, like, I, I liked your show. I liked that move you made. I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, like, I tried to do but I didn't feel great about it. And like, I even, I'll catch myself sometimes. Yeah. So whenever I'm feeling weird about something, I'll just say thank you. And then I won't say anything else. And then you walk away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I, I run <laughs> to an Uber. No, yeah. Uber. I will Uber That's once. Always waiting <laughs> outside <laughs> for you. <laughs> Um, little known <laughs> Um, Cool,
0: cool. Uh, kind of along those lines, so <laughs> I have dealt a lot with outside affirmation versus internal affirmation, uh-huh. which I think are both really hard to deal with yeah. either way. Um, I like to do this thing that you can participate in, you don't have to if you don't want to because it's kind of awkward. Oh, okay. Um, but I like to give like a minute, up, and I'll time it, where... I, as the podcast host, am asking you to tell me, like, what you feel really, really great about what you've done. So, essentially, kind of bragging, but you don't have to worry about being like, but I, but I, you know, had help with it, or like, which I know sounds kind of awkward and weird, and it doesn't have to be creative, whatever you want, um, but would you like to do that?
1: I guess, just stuff that I feel proud about, Yeah, like, something that
0: you've done that you're like, that you wouldn't normally just go up to someone and be like, I'm really good at this, or like, this project I had was awesome, uh, sure. Okay. Let's let's give it a shot. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you sixty seconds. I will. I'll give you a little wave when it's over. You don't have to stop that if you want. Okay. No, I'll probably stop. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So whatever you want. Um. Yeah. I would say that I don't give myself enough credit. I think I am actually quite a good editor, and I'm happy to do different projects for people. And I oftentimes will fall into like being so nice, like oh, like I like, this sounds crazy. What am I? Do? I'm very nice. And I will not like I don't know, I'll do things for free or like whatever, even though it's like, well, I could probably charge more for that or sure, yeah. stuff like that. Um so, I, I would say I'm very nice, and that I am quite good at what I do, and that more people should listen to me, because <laughs> I have a lot of great ideas. Um, no, not that I'm a witch, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that I'm a good collaborator, and I have a lot of good ideas. Awesome. I, that might not have been a minute, but I think Close that's enough. all I have Don't worry to say. About it. Don't worry about it. It's a, a very awkward thing, and I yeah. get that.
0: Um, it's just, I think... For me it's always helpful to give myself a space to be like okay I'm just going to be really happy with something without worrying about like being humble just mm-hmm. for a second and I think as the as the host of this I have the ability to take that um, need to be humble away because like, I'm going to ask you to do it. So. Mm-hmm. But, so thank you very much for doing yeah, it.
1: Yeah, it was okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no, it was great. And, I uh, rage
1: quit at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> the last question I usually oh, sure.
0: ask is if you had to eat uh, one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? It doesn't matter nutritional
1: content-wise. Oh, yes. So I wanna answer in the story, but I'm not going to answer with a story. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I will answer <laughs> and then I'll give a follow-up story. Okay. Let me th- let me think for a moment. One food to eat every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. I like so many. I would probably have a cheeseburger nice. every single day. Any particular place? Um I like a place in Astoria called Burger Club. They're mm. pretty good. Wait! Is that the place on 30th that has the backwards sign? Uh-huh. I've always wanted to go there. Very good. I ate there like two nights ago. It's wonderful. <laughs> did, why is the sign backwards? So when they first opened, oh God, I, you know. I asked them that question. Yes. And they did not have an answer. <gasps> I was like, you could have just made something up. You could have lied to me and I right. would have believed you. Like, I was coming, I was like, oh, maybe it's like, so people are passing by in their rearview mirror and they can see, like, that was right. my thought. Like oh no, we just thought it looked cool or something. And I was like um unacceptable. You have to have a reason. Yeah, I don't like that answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I did eat a cheeseburger three days in a row one time. Nice. And people started to get concerned for me. But I was <laughs> like, I'm fine. I'm like great in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah. The story I was gonna tell though is that this is a very short story. Fine. When I was in like first grade or like second grade, um there was a parent-teacher night, and they had like, the kids do this little thing where they would like write their favorite food, and they would draw it or something, and put it on a board. And the parents would have to guess who their child was based on like what they wrote. Okay. And my mom knew which mine was immediately, because I wrote pierogies. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wrote, like, pizza and burgers, like, pierogies. I'm, like, really into pierogies. You've been to Veselka the then, right? The what? Viselka, have you been? Viselka? No. <gasps> do they have great pierogies? Oh, I'm interested. my God.
0: Yes. Their pierogies are fantastic oh. and good celebrity settings sometimes. Oh, where it's, is this place? It's on 9th and... East 9th and uh, 2nd. Oh. And it's right next to that theater where they do Stump.
1: Oh, <laughs> um, right, right, right.
0: And... They, it's like a, it's a Polish restaurant. It's twenty four hours. They, I think they have a new one somewhere. They have like an offshoot. But anyway, they have the most amazing pierogies. They're so good. So on I my mother's side,
1: it. I'm. Part Ukrainian, mm. so that's where I think the pierogies come from. It's just in your blood. Yeah, <laughs> Don pierogies. Yeah, it's so
0: good. Um, okay, is there anything else that you do, like are dying to get off your chest, or because I feel good?
1: I said a lot. <laughs> and you're, you're like, I oh, we're gonna cut this a lot. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. No, cut I just ever. thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you it's very, been very much a lot for of being fun.
0: fun. Oh, Happy birthday. birthday. Oh. And, uh,
1: You know